Welcome to the Brain People Podcast, a show where four mental health experts team up to bring you practical tools for overcoming mental health challenges. The Brain People don't replace your doctor or therapist, but we will give you some extra tools to help you on your journey. So join us as we fight mental illness, one episode at a time. Welcome to the Brain People Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Daniel Bynus, and I'm joined today by my co-host, Dr. Katie Elson. And I'm a psychiatrist, and uh, Dr. Katie Elson is a licensed psychologist. And uh, today we have a very special episode that we want to bring to you. And we know there's a lot of people around the world really suffering uh, from trauma, suffering from very difficult situations. And we think especially of uh, those of you in, in Ukraine. And our heart really goes out to those of you that are suffering. And so we're going to be talking today about dealing with trauma, dealing with very high levels of stress. What can we do practically to deal with those things that are outside of our control, those things that we never wanted in our life and still be able to manage in a healthy way. So we're gonna dive right into it. And uh, Dr. Katie, I'd love to hear from you as far as when you think about you know acute stress, when you think about trauma, what kind of responses or symptoms are normal for people to actually experience? Yeah. And I like that you said normal because some of the symptoms that I'll mention when people are experiencing them, they immediately think that it's abnormal, right? That they're the only one. Um, but we know that it's very normal, right? It's our body's way of actually telling ourselves danger, right? There's something you're experiencing that is traumatic, right? Mm -hmm. um, so one of the uh, first criteria is exposure, right? There's the actual exposure. And then as a response to that exposure, it's kind of like your body and your brain go into shock. Mm -hmm. And part of that shock is you start having intrusive symptoms, a lot of the times those intrusive symptoms are unwanted memories, right? Of let's say that person that you saw that was, you know, dead on the side of the road or something happening to a loved one. Those memories that are unwanted start popping up into your mind, right? Intrusive thoughts. Sometimes mm -hmm. that's also in the form of, uh, of, uh, of nightmares. Mm -hmm. um, so dreams, unwanted dreams. So sometimes during the day, sometimes at night, which people really start feeling plagued, right? I'm trying to avoid these things. I'm trying to not think about them, but they're, you know, following me throughout the day. And sometimes even through the form of flashbacks, right? Now, most people, they think about this when it comes to veterans, um, but this does happen in other types of trauma as well. And that's when it's, you're actually, you feel as if you're reliving the event mm -hmm. and it's mm -hmm. even hard to be oriented, right? To your current situation. And we'll talk about a skill that can help particularly with that, but whether it's during daytime memories or nighttime, or even feeling as if you're reliving. Intrusive symptoms are one of the most common um, symptoms as a result of trauma. Absolutely. And I know a lot of my patients, you, you mentioned the, the shock element and uh, a lot of my patients that have gone through trauma, uh, they often, have this sense of being in this fight or flight state. Mm -hmm. uh, and I think that often goes along with that, that shock, like this isn't real, this isn't happening. I, I, it, I can't even make sense of this. And then it goes along with, you know, just almost feeling like you're, you're shaking all the time and mm -hmm. you have your adrenaline is, that, that's elevated and you feel very on edge and mm -hmm. that fight or flight mode yeah. that we talk about. Yeah. So that's another key criteria, arousal. 
right? And that fight or flight, which if you think about it in an acute situation is very, very helpful, right? Very adaptive. You want your body to be on alert. You want it to have that adrenaline, that cortisol to be rushing through your, your body to prepare you and to do something to address that danger. But it's especially difficult when it's chronic, right? Ongoing stress mm -hmm. to your body. Yeah. And I like what you're saying there, because what I'm hearing is that these acute stress symptoms, if you will, from trauma um, actually are not only normal, but they can be beneficial. Mm -hmm. The problem is if we don't handle them properly and they just go on and on and on. And then that's where, you know, I, I often see it actually starting to turn into avoidance, which is, mm -hmm. you know, one of the major criteria that we think about when we think about, you know, kind of what we call acute stress turning into post-traumatic stress disorder, mm -hmm. right? Is now people go from, okay, I had that, that shock and that, that hypervigilance and, um, you know, the, um, intrusive thoughts and all that to now I'm avoiding things that mm -hmm. are actually good for me, like maybe avoiding relationships, avoiding uh, family, mm -hmm. avoiding uh, my job or other things that I should be doing. Mm -hmm. And that's where, you know, we all want to be careful that it doesn't go into this really bad long-term permanent problem, right? Yeah. So not just acute stress, PTSD, but then even complex PTSD, mm -hmm. which is very, very problematic. And with avoidance, it's not just avoidance of these good things. Um, a lot of times they avoid any sort of reminders of mm -hmm. the trauma, which you might think, well, of course, that's good. Like, I don't want to be reminded of the trauma, but our brain needs to process the trauma. And so if we're avoiding it, we're actually ca causing a block to the ability for our brain to heal. It's almost as if, you know, if I break my bone, we use this in allergen therapy, which sounds horrible, but if you break it and you avoid going to the doctor, what happens? Mm -hmm. Well, then it's going to get worse. The, the symptoms are going to get mm -hmm. worse and it's not going to heal properly. Yeah. Right? And sometimes it heals. And so they're like, I'm okay, but it heals improperly. And so you have ongoing pain. So I asked them what happens if you come to the doctor after a while, they have to re-break it. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times that's actually facing the trauma that mm. you've been avoiding for so long. And it is painful. I'm like, I'm not going to yeah. fool you. It is painful. And so now for people that are in the midst of trauma, it's important to not avoid reminders of it because what you're telling yourself is that it's actually to be something to be afraid of. And mm -hmm. so if I hear a noise and I want to avoid anything that reminds me of that noise, you're saying that other things, you're constantly in danger when you're not. Yeah. It's important to tell yourself, yes, that noise was associated with that trauma at that time. And that was something for my body to be alert from. But that noise is not the same noise or that person that reminds me of that person is not the same person. And so the avoidance actually increases our fear instead of reduces the fear. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it's, Basically, instead of just going with it and really reinforcing that fear, saying, okay, yeah, that happened in that context, but it doesn't mean that that noise or that sorts of sort of situation is always going to be, cause trauma to me. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I think the bottom line for you listeners out there is that number one, it's important to realize that, you know, these emotions, this acute stress reaction is normal. And it actually can be adaptive, but it's important what we do in this acute stage. It's very important so that it doesn't develop into a longer term problem. So yeah. what are some of the things that uh, for our listeners, Dr. Katie, we, we can do 
when we're talking about dealing with this acute stress sort of reaction so it doesn't come turn into like a chronic post-traumatic mm-hmm. stress disorder or some other sort of problem like that. Yeah. So some of the skills we're going to be focusing on today, it really emphasizes, um, looks at the motions, right? Because what we just described, a lot of arousal, a lot of natural reactions and a lot of internal reactions that if we start avoiding those or suppressing those, that's where it can, it can become chronic and complex. So we're going to be talking about how to deal with those emotions. Now, one of the first ones I just want to mention is um, just identifying it. That's the first step. Because we feel it, we get mm-hmm. afraid, and then we ignore it. But if we start identifying and saying, what is actually my body telling me? Like my body is my friend, right? God created my body in a way as an alarm system, Mm -hmm. right? So let me listen to it. If I'm feeling it in my chest, my heart's racing. I don't need to be afraid of that. I need to just tune into it. So just some people call it tracking. Just track your body. And as you're tracking, notice that just because my heart's racing doesn't mean that I'm not in control of that, Mm -hmm. right? Doesn't mean that we call it shift and stay. You can shift your attention to another part of your body mm-hmm. and realize, okay, my heart's racing, but I'm I'm okay. I'm mm-hmm. not in danger, right? So just identifying the emotions, identifying the sensations. And sometimes it helps to also be more objective in that description instead of like, oh my gosh, my heart's racing, I'm gonna die. Right, right. Just saying my heart is racing, yeah. right? My heart rate is going up mm-hmm. because then it becomes something I can actually manage than the thoughts in addition to that. I really like that because I think sometimes we tend to catastrophize and we are like, oh, my heart rate is increasing or, um, you know, I'm sweating or something like that. And it, it, and then we, we were like, oh, this is really bad. Mm-hmm. Uh, but why, who is to say that that's so bad? It's just like, okay, it, it is what it is. Mm-hmm. And if we can kind of accept that and learn to be like, okay, it feels kind of weird, but, but I'm just, I'm noticing it instead of allowing it to just accelerate and get sucked into that and mm-hmm. allow it to escalate my anxiety, just be like, hey, you know what? So what? My heart rate is a little bit elevated right now. It's not that big of a deal and kind of manage it in that way. Um, I've even done that for myself. I'm like, okay, well, it is. And and then that tends to call me versus like, like you said, mm-hmm. <laughs> oh no, my, my heart rate is increasing. This must mean I'm getting anxious and I'm gonna have a panic attack. Then mm-hmm. you, what are you doing? You're setting the yep. stage for a panic attack, mm-hmm. right? Exactly, right. So kind of divorcing, detaching the actual sensation from the meaning we might be giving it, right? Mm-hmm. And we could use words of even like, oh, my my chest is warm, right? Okay, what, what is my body communicating to me, right? Mm-hmm. And in some ways, uh, we just, we talk about it in this way of befriend your body, mm-hmm. right? Don't view your body as the enemy, right? Our brain and our body are created in a way to alert us. What is it communicating to me and listening? And then knowing that after I listen, another skill I can do is I can self-soothe, right? Mm. So if you think about a kid, a kid's maybe running, falls down, scrapes their knee, and they're crying, right? You have kids, so mm-hmm. what? what's something that a kid immediately does? Well, usually they seek for solace. They seek mm-hmm. for comfort from mommy or daddy. Yeah, <laughs> right? And if you think about for, for a kid, um, even especially the youngest, they'll go, and how does a mom typically soothe a child? Oh, well, usually by hugging and kissing and saying, oh, you know, poor baby, you're going to be okay. (laughs) Yeah. So if you think about it, 
the mom is using the different senses. Mm -hmm. So she's saying something. So hearing, mm -hmm. right? You're going to be okay. And she often says it in a nice, calm tone of voice. And that starts soothing the child. The, the kid is starting to feel things, right? But that starts soothing the child. She will often use physical touch, right? So touch is important. Often she'll bring them close. They'll have the sense of smell from mom's scent, mm -hmm. right? And sometimes we'll use the bottle or other things as taste, mm -hmm. right? So mm -hmm. we, we can see that mothers naturally use the different five senses mm. to soothe the child. Now we're all adults, right? We're just bigger children. Yeah. We so, still work in the same so, way. So what about, so are we, do we need to go to our mommies and daddies or <laughs> can we do this like in a way even if maybe we don't have a, a mommy or daddy available? Yes, so we can, right? If we do like, you know, have them embrace you, have them, you know, be close to you. That sense of connection is important. Mm -hmm. um, but also you can use the same principle for yourself of using the five senses in order to soothe yourself in a moment of distress. Mm. Um, so we've talked about on episodes before the five, four, three, two, one mm -hmm. um, exercise, five things that you can see, four things that you can touch, three things you can hear, two things that you can smell, and one thing that you can taste. Mm -hmm. um, and that helps you ground yourself in the mm -hmm. moment where your your emotions are being kind of um, escalated in that moment, but you can focus on your senses. Um, now, what this sometimes can be particularly difficult if you think about we're talking to those who are in Ukraine or surrounding regions, um, if they're looking around or they're hearing things, right? It's hard to do a grounding exercise if you're in the midst of the right. trauma. Yes, mm -hmm. and so that's when we recognize we we recommend. Um, what we call resourcing. Mm -hmm. uh, resourcing is like a mini mental vacation <laughs> where you can actually use the five senses by imagining a mm -hmm. place mm -hmm. that brings you peace, calm, and joy. So one of the things I know for my clients, it's often, you know, thinking about heaven, mm -hmm. right? What do I see? What do I smell? Going through all the five senses. And that really intensifies the experience for them. Then if you're just like, okay, imagine heaven. Mm -hmm. Right, right. No, I love that. And I was even thinking, uh, you know, as you're as you're talking, yes, um, heaven, but you know, that could be one thing, or even imagining like, oh, if God was here with me right now, mm -hmm. and he is, but you know, if he, if Jesus was here with me, like what would that feel like if he was mm -hmm. holding me? If yeah. he what would he say to me right mm -hmm. now? And so I think the imagination, like you said, can be extremely powerful mm -hmm. and you know for some people even if they are in the midst of it if you if if you can get a break and go out into nature right mm -hmm. i mean for me that's one of the best grounding yes. uh, places to go and i know studies show that that can tremendously help uh, mm -hmm. stress and uh, help with with grounding mm -hmm. so um i hope for our listeners that this has helped you get some practical tools and and dr katie i don't know if there was anything else you wanted to always add. <laughs> <laughs> but we'll we'll have some more episodes All right, definitely good. on this. Yes, we're definitely going to share some more good information on dealing with with trauma. But to recap, I really want to encourage our our listeners um, that yes, it is normal to have a lot of these feelings, and you know the stress reaction is normal, and that's not the problem. Uh, the problem is if we don't deal with it appropriately so there are really important things that we can do you know we can notice what is happening in our bodies we can befriend our bodies and say hey this isn't 
bad. This is normal part of the stress response. And it doesn't mean that my emotions and my feelings are going to control me for the rest of my life. It just, you know, it, it is what it is right now. And I accept where that is. And then secondly, you know, we, we can practice those self-soothing self and, and grounding techniques where we get present in the moment. And then we can use our imagination in a, in a wonderful way to connect with a God that wants to take care of us and to soothe us and to help us. So thank you for being with us, for joining us, and we are praying for you, and may God bless you. So if you only take one thing away from today's show, remember this, if mental illness is a whole person problem, then it must have a whole person solution. I'm Dr. Daniel Bynas. And I'm Dr. Katie Olson, and you've been listening to The The Brain Brain People People Podcast. Thanks for listening. To hear more episodes, find us on social media, or support us financially, visit thebrainpeoplepodcast.com. 